Hey, what's going on, family, and welcome to another edition of the Rise to It podcast, your home for personal and professional development. My name is Jonathan Hernandez, a.k.a. the letter H, and with us, we got our boys, Mr. Frankie Liao, yeah. Mr. DJ Sal Cortez, Mr. Andre Covington. What's yeah. going on, guys? How we doing? How we what doing up, today? We are rocking the blue, the CSUB, California State University, Bakersfield. We did an incredible event with them. Shout out to Omar Correa, director of camp. Thank you so much for all your support, man. Uh, we're going to continue to create this collaboration for years on out, hopefully. But DJ Sal, Andre, Frankie, I know you miss it, but you had some family there, you know, covering in. But Sal, Dre, what was your experience like, man? We were talking to like first-gen students, super excited for the semester. What was your experience like, Sal? Oh, dude, it was super interesting. This was one of the first times that I've seen 99.9% of the audience literally tuned in to everything, every word, every moment that happened that day. Um, it, w- it was amazing. I love the people watch. So I always sit back and see what's happening. And I don't know that they planned it this way or if it was a thing, but all phones were down and everybody was tuned in. And you could see the heads nodding. You could see them like legit into every single aspect of it. Right. It was great. The energy was through the roof. Again, shout out to Omar. Shout out to Itzel. Um, shout out to Erika. All the people that are in charge of putting on these events for their students. Man, they just do an incredible job. Dre, I know you were there. I know you went from Fresno and you booked it down 99 South, man. And you got there. Dre got there like 10 minutes right before he was about to speak, man. And it worked out. Um, but what was your experience like, Dre? Impactful. You know, um, I feel... Even when I was driving to the event, I was, uh, my mind, I was focused on trying to be impactful, to try to get someone, uh, as much as I possibly can, to uh, engage and to leave with something, you know, some knowledge, uh, and, and talk to them about the steps that they're taking, these important steps, and how uh, they're going to be impactful down the road. So uh, we, we connect, I felt the connection, man. And when we connect like that, um, I think afterwards, uh, you know, people are going to take that and they're going to, it's like a snowball effect, you know, that little snowball becomes a big boulder coming down the hill. So I think uh, I wanted to give that and and leave them with something. And even when uh, a few uh, came up afterwards and and had some very encouraging words for me, you know, it's always important. I don't need pats on the back. What motivates me is when someone goes, wow, you know what I took from that? And they tell you, little story about where they are in their life and what you said um, moved them that part you know i'll take that over oh you were funny or you were great i'll take that any day especially from a younger person who was en route to being what they're going to be yeah you know what i was really thinking about on that event was just the networking and the relationships that we have built um, last minute, one of our members, he, he couldn't make it. And one of our speakers that we had planned could not make it. And so we reached out to um, someone that was in radio in Bakersfield as well as Fresno. And within like five hours, we had somebody. So shout out to 24KG, who absolutely killed it as well. He was our special guest for the familiar event at CSUB. Incredible guy. Felt like we knew him forever. He was like, you fit right in, man. He would fit right in the style. So, um, And Frankie, I know mm-hmm. you heard because I know you were doing your teaching and you were inspiring over there. But your family stepped in and mm-hmm. took care of the photography for us and the videography. So what would you hear about the CSUB event, man? Yeah, well, I mean, I saw the visuals that, you know, that Celeste shot and um, I saw Mia kind of like take over with the photography, which is really cool. Um, yeah, so like when, when I'm shooting the events, I try to control my my photography to like 
you know, 100, 200 pictures because I know I got to come back and edit. Um, we gave Mia the camera, my daughter, and she went crazy. <laughs> she went crazy. So, like, I'm over here going through, like, 400 pictures. I'm like, Mia. But she did a really good job. I'm happy she stepped in. Yeah, I was looking at the people in the crowd, and they were, like you said, like, nobody had their, their phones out. And when I go out, you guys motivate me. Like, when I hear you guys speak, you guys... Like I said, that's 100% true. You guys motivate me. So I know you guys always impact the students. And I know they love you guys. We keep going back to Bakersfield. And it's a good it's a good spot, man. So I'm glad I'm glad the video came out good. We got that family, that Kern County family, man. Shout out to the 661, all the surrounding areas. Um, we all have been busy in our personal lives, man. I was playing some Daddy Yankee. Daddy Yankee. I was playing some Daddy Yankee before we started. Uh, me and the wifey got a shout out to her, man. That was like her celebrity crush forever. She even got like an old Hotmail address that has a DY. She still uses that. <laughs> we go to Macy's or something. Can you have an email? She's like, DY. I was like, where did DY you know, begin? She's like, well, I had a little crushy crush on Daddy Yankee. So we went to go see a sold out show in Vegas. Dude still puts on a show, man. Like, I was a fan, but I don't know. I think I might be a bigger fan than Wifey. And Dre, you were on a ship, man. You were, like, on the Titanic doing some comedy. Tell us about that, man. Well, We've all been yeah, busy. Well, shout out you? to Daddy Yank. I think that's kind of his farewell tour. Yeah. He's kind of, like, you know, yeah. uh, hanging it up. Yeah. But, you know, they say that. Exactly. And then, you know, that tour lasts, like, 15 years. Like, Cher was on tour <laughs> forever. Um, but as far as my experience uh, going out uh, on this Soul Cruise 31 – what happened was that this cruise ship, uh, they have entertainment, but there's um, the ship is huge. Of course, everyone comes from all over the world. But this particular a group of people was probably close to 100 people, and they've been doing these cruises for, this is their 30, 31st year wow. doing it. Uh, and they bring in a lot of musical groups, and they also hire comedians. And I was one of the comedians selected to go. And uh, I had a great time. My wife... Uh, it's a little jealous, and rightfully so, because I'm in Jamaica, I'm in the Bahamas, wow. uh, I'm in Haiti. You know, wow. we you know we port, we get off the ship, we get to go all day, and I'm walking around, uh, just having a blast, man. You know, meeting the people, uh, taking in the culture, um, and on the ship, everyone's just so nice and and fun, and uh, you know, karaoke nights, and you go and all the food you can eat. Uh, it's just state of the art, man. It's my first time going on a cruise for several days. And I was a little hesitant at first because I've, I've done a three-day, you know, you go, go to Ensenada, go around, come back. You know, you get out and have fun. It's mostly drinking and partying. But this, you get some downtime. I got to watch some sunsets out in the middle of the ocean because then you have travel days where you're just going down. The, you're in the Caribbean. Yeah. You're just out there. and It's beautiful. The sun is setting. Uh, you can see, like, Cuba. You know, there's Cuba over there. You know, there's, uh, you know, the island over there. What island is that? You just got to, yeah, you'd, so you're in the middle of it. And then there's also time to reflect, you know, as African-American, you know, thinking about uh, my ancestors. They yeah. weren't having as well of a time as mm -hmm. I was having. Right. Uh, right. They were snatched from their land and brought, and a lot of them came through that passage. Right. And a lot of them were on those islands, you know, and they were enslaved. So I reflected upon that. So it was a lot of things, a lot of different emotions, mm -hmm. you know, as I uh, just kind of sat back and got into my thoughts. And, and then, you know, the shows were spectacular. You know, we had a great time and uh, everyone loved it. And I just had a blast, man. It's just, uh, it was a great experience. I look forward to doing it again. Matter of fact, um, the director uh, had asked me uh, would I be interested in doing it again. I was like, yeah, let's let's talk about it next year and uh, see where see where I'm at in my, you know, what else I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And even 
on the Royal Caribbean uh, cruise line uh, there, they had someone who is, they have other comics on the ship who perform for all the people on the ship. Mm. We were just performing for a select group of people, but the um, director of entertainment actually came to the show and was like, wow, you guys are pretty funny. Are you interested in maybe doing some more cruise? My partner who was with me, he does cruise ships. He just got off of one. I said, I don't know if I want to be the, on the cruise ships all the time, mm-hmm. but because um, you go out sometimes three weeks, you know, you're gone for three weeks because you get off one ship, you get on another ship, and you get on another ship, mm-hmm. and then you come back and you're done. Some guys go two weeks and two weeks off, two weeks on. That's a lot of time to be away from your family. So, yeah. but those entertainers are doing that, you know, right. whether singers or musicians or comedians, you're on and you're gone for a lot of time. So it's a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm willing to make that on it. On a regular, no, but a couple times a year, sign me up. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, making jokes about Dre because Dre stays fit. I think when I was texting him, we were planning a dinner when you get back, so we definitely got to hit that up. Yeah, for sure. But um, I was jealous because I was teaching, and so we're shooting texts back and forth. And Dre's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go back to swimming now." I was like, "This guy's <laughs> living the life, man over there, working, you know, with the, on his tan right there. He's working on his working tan. on it, man. <laughs> That's awesome." And Dre, you mentioned a family. Um, you know, we, we've been having these conversations outside of our Rise to It event. Students come up to us, faculty, admin, et cetera. And uh, one of my colleagues, shout out to Miles Vega, retired counselor, professor. He's actually joined us for uh, a couple of events now. And so we're having this conversation, and this is something that we've noticed not only particularly in education, but just that real burnout, man, that people are experiencing right now post-COVID. And, um, you know, students are feeling it, people outside. And so we were really dissecting, we were critically analyzing the conversation and some, you know, people, we noticed that, you know, it's okay to, to hear no from time to time. I think we've talked about that in our events or in uh, podcasts that we've covered, but also to appreciate your ability to grow, mature, and actually say no yourself, you know, to certain situations. And so when Dre was talking about family time, He's down for a couple of weeks, a couple of events, like he said, but also, okay, there's going to get to a time to where now it's interfering with my family. And so I'm going to have to say that no. So my mother always told me, no is a complete sentence, right? And so don't be afraid to use that. And so me and Sal got talking this morning and we were having that conversation. He goes, you know what? I really want to highlight that topic because there's some things going on in my life or simply, I have to say no to certain people. And even though deep down inside, maybe there's some guilt there, I've kind of matured enough to understand this is my life. And so today we're going to be covering the power of no. And for us to make better choices, um, it's all part of leadership and making those tough decisions. So, Sal, I know we were having that conversation this morning. And again, this is something that a lot of people, they made me feel guilty. They feel that they have to do something. And that's great, but it also, again, it might interfere with what's going on with them personally. But I know you had some, some knowledge to kick, man. So the power of no, what, what does that mean to you? There, it means a number of things. And this is something I honestly just, and I'm still getting comfortable with it, but this is something that's newer to me. I've always been more of a, yes, I, yeah, I can handle that, or more of a, just a people pleaser, trying to appease everybody, every aspect, every angle, right? Um, and honestly, I'll, I'll say that I, one of the things that, that helped me start working towards that, uh, Davey D, one of uh, our yeah, friends that, that we all know, yes. shared something with me 
he said a phrase that his dad shared with him and it was not all money is good money. Right. Mm. So I sat with that and it stayed with me and it still does to today where now that comes into play when I'm spreading myself thin and it's, you know, this or that, or I can go do this, but this is going to suffer. And now that, that, come, that phrase comes to mind, well, not all money's good money. I can say no. And that's what helped me get more comfortable with the word no. Um, early on, I didn't know what no was. It was, uh, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Before you know it, you're buried, you're stressed, you're, you're, you're grinding it out, you're getting through it. Um, and sometimes by saying no, I mean, not saying no. The yes that you're delivering isn't that great of a quality because you're spreading yourself thin. So you're not delivering as you should be for every little thing that you're working on or doing. Yeah. So I see it that way. Now, at this point in business life, I learned that no is not only just that one word sentence, but it's value. Um, By saying no to certain things, you're giving it exclusivity. Um, there's certain, even uh, quality of, of the work that we deliver. So like for myself, um, there's some events that aren't a good fit for me early on. I used to take every event that I could possibly get my hands on because I was so excited and I just wanted as much work as I could possibly do. But I've learned that not all events are for me. So one of the, the fun facts that not everybody knows about me is I'm not fluent in Spanish. I speak Spanglish. Same, ah. same dude. That, that yeah. taco truck, though, I'm fluent, man. <laughs> no, I'm he speaks you. asada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, I. so now I'm, I'm okay with turning down an event that I know because the value for myself, and now that we're at a different premium, I know I can't deliver what they need uh, in terms of having that quality, whether, you know, it's it's a bilingual, we need somebody to deliver this event with the and do it bilingually. And I can do it in Spanglish, right? But does it really connect to the audience, the guests? Are they really having an experience or does it feel more generic? Versus if I send JR, Jose, one of our other guys that absolutely can go in there and crush it and deliver it authentically. So I much rather say no to something like that and give them the value or if I'm able to pass it to somebody that can deliver it better. So again, not all money is good money. Um, But yeah, yeah. Now that I equate the word no with value and in terms of the services that we give, but also an exclusivity as far as uh, being able to be available for something um, at this point, less is more for me. So Mm. There you go. I'd rather take on less and deliver a better quality for the ones that I actually do accept. Now, Sal, let me let me ask you this because I know you've been in the business of DJ entertainment, mm-hmm. corporate events. I mean, um, we're doing a big event. We were going to hold off on, on saying what event that is, man, but we're going to be out of state for that. But I was looking at your resume. I mean, you've worked with some serious corporate work. And perhaps when you started your career, you're trying to say yes to build that brand, build that brand. Oh, yeah. And I think – it's a testament to all of us to where we actually have the validity and credibility to actually say that word no. Because at the beginning oh, of yeah. photography, of comedy, of teaching, I'll take that class and not re- really realizing, man, that quality perhaps is dipping, right? It's, it's a diminishing because I'm just tired. I'm exhausted right. mentally and physically. But getting to a comfortable zone and having that leverage, right? That leverage of like, yo, I get to say yes or no. That is a completely different ball game. And so Frankie, I know you've been in the game with photography for a long time, man. And so what about you? What are some 
experiences that you've had to where you feel guilty. And Frankie is, he has such a big heart that I know there's sometimes I can't make it, man. Even his body uh-huh. language, I'm like, you feel that. But mm-hmm. you're, you're learning to say no over time. I see this too. I think it's over time, yeah. And I can pretty much echo everything you said, Sal. Like I was at the beginning, I took on everything. You know, as a photographer, family pictures, baby pictures, um, senior portraits, just any type of work, I'm going to take it because I started the business when I was 20 years old and that's what I needed. I needed money to pay the bills. It's been a struggle. I feel like I've been so used to saying yes. I still, even till this day, I struggle with saying the word no. Like I, I'm not afraid to admit it um, just because I am a people pleaser and I, that's just what I've always known. Um, but when I do say no, that feels better because I know I'm saying no because I've built a reputation. I build a body of work, prices. I charge a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I could say no, and I know that I'm good. My biggest regret to always staying busy is just kind of missing my kids' events. You know, being a photographer, um, the events are on Saturdays, and my kids play sports over the weekends and stuff like that. So that's probably the hardest is to miss their events. Um, so now I'm learning to, as I'm getting older, I really don't need the work. I could, you know, say no. It's still a struggle though. It's not, it's not easy saying no, because at the end of the day, I always think like, okay, well that extra money I make, I could go on this trip where I can buy those Disneyland tickets or whatever it is. And that's my mentality. And that's something that I still need to work with. I got an email from an AD who wants me to shoot the entire school, like all their sports pictures, all their team photos. and All the sports? Yeah, all the sports for the whole school for the whole year, and it's a big account. Yeah. And and now I'm like, ah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> it sounds like good money, but, and then all the time that goes behind it and everything I'm going to have to sacrifice, it's tough, you know, but it's, at the same time, it's, you got to balance, right? Balance it out. Family time, work time, and, and mental health, like all that's important. You know, as, as, um, Men up here, it's interesting because we had this conversation, one of my classes, I think it was my interpersonal communication class, and in the chapter it discusses boundaries. And for me, that was, I knew what the word, you know, we all know what the word means. However, I was really analyzing that and really, like Frankie, being self-aware of like, you know what, I need to work on saying no and having those boundaries. So I, I would rock with all OG professors that I really look up to and I would kind of study them from afar and with the students are highlighting them, they're having a good time. Those, and again, this goes for all the viewers, always job shadow someone that is legit, legit, like they're at the top of their game because you're going to get at the top of their game experience. And if you job shadow like a teacher that doesn't like the students, doesn't like showing up, you're going to get that kind of experience. So I always encourage people, go after the top dogs and what they do because you're going to see what they go through. You're going to see how much fun it is, but also how much work is invested in it. So the boundaries for me was after talking to these professors, saying no for late work. And so I'm a big stickler, as everybody knows, at the colleges I've been to, man. I mean, again, that five foot five, but seven foot five toad when students come in and sometimes I get my basketball players, I mean, they're looking down on me like, yo, you're going to accept this. And I'm looking like, nah, bro, it ain't going to happen for you. And oh, But I was like 10 seconds late. But you actually literally saying the word late means something to me. And it should mean something to you. Extra credit will be available. Make sure to take advantage of that. It'd be like nothing happened. Come on, Dr. H, man. Come on. No, because if I say yes to you, that's taking time away from me and Madi, my beautiful wife. That's taking time from me and my brothers and sisters and rise to it. That's taking time away from my family, my mother and father. Everything changes because you were not able to turn it on time. So setting that boundary 
actually like broke my heart back then <laughs> nowadays it's a lot different man i'm like nah just get them on the next one extra credit all right and i can still see they're angry sometimes but also teaching them the life lesson you can't keep showing up to work late eventually they're gonna be like hey man i love you you do great work here you just show up extremely late every time you're consistent at being inconsistent and so what i try to teach my students is that life man you got to make sure that you're on time Maybe late for somebody else. So let's make it extra, right? Let's throw on that sprinkle of extra. And this way you don't have to worry. Show up five minutes, 10 minutes. Get in your car five to 10 minutes earlier. It's going to make a big difference. Dre, with your kind of schedule, how have you set boundaries, man? Because that must be difficult, people coming up to you. And by the way, Dre's humble when he said a few people coming up to him, asking him, there's always a crowd, right? <laughs> so... But nevertheless, you've had to understand that of like, man, I really want to do this. It sounds like a great event, but I also have to set that boundary. So how have you set that over time? Well, I mean, there's levels to the no. You think about it. It's one of the first words we learn as a human being, as, as a child. Mm-hmm. No. You say, you say no to a kid. They, they get that. They understand that. Before so many other words, that one is so prominent. I think in um, every language, too. In every language. Yeah, it's just, it's not yes, it's no. Because um, it's firm and it's direct. Uh, because when you're telling someone no, especially at a young age, you're firm and direct because you're teaching a lesson. As we get older, we lose ability to have the firmness when we say it. I've tried to, at this stage in my life, hear people out and I can say no. Then I can say, but if we could do this, this, and that, there's an opportunity. Now, I'm saying no to your version, but maybe you can say yes to my version. My version, mm. I've just chopped off that time. I'm not going to get there at 2 o'clock. And your event starts at 4 o'clock. You want me there so you can prep and go over some things? Well, no, you don't need to go over two hours with me. I know what I, I know what I'm doing. I'm I'm not new to this rodeo. You know, I, I don't need to prep for two hours. So let's cut that down to 15 minutes. Yeah, I'll get there. You know, have your notes ready. Um, you know, we can have a conversation the day before. Go over some things. I'll lock in, uh, and we'll make it happen. So I'm saying no most of the time to the original version that comes my way, and then I find a way if I really want to do it. To make it happen. I look at my schedule today. I'm up, you know, four something in the morning, you know, getting ready. I go into work. Um, and I'm just back from being out with uh, traveling and being sick. Um, now trying to catch up on things. Um, I, I go in. I'm, I'm backlog. We do our show. I get off the show. There's a comedy show um, that I was, I'm doing on, on a Friday night uh, this particular week. Uh, I just got a call. The venue uh, person said, I can't do it. I'm sick. So I have to cancel the show. I booked a comedian who's just killing on Netflix right now. And they were coming to do the show for me for a favor on their way to a sold out show in Sacramento. So instead of me calling this person and saying, we can't do it. I started calling other friends who have venues. I worked it out to where now we're going to just move the venue. I had to redo the flyer. This is all after I got off my morning show. So redo the fire, I had to cut a commercial, I had to go meet with salespeople, uh, set up some time. I had to produce the spot. I had to voice it, I had to edit it, I had to load into the system. Mm. I also, on this day, 
I bought lunch for the entire building where I work. So my caterer showed up in his truck. He goes, hey, Dre, when we set up, I got to go outside. I got to show him where to set up. Right. I get to go around and tell everybody, hey, I got lunch outside for everybody. Everybody's, oh, Dre, because my birthday's coming up. So I'm treating everybody. So I got to do that. <laughs> then I got another comic who calls me today and say, hey, man, uh, my commercial's supposed to start two weeks from now, but ticket sales are kind of low. Can we start it next Monday? That means now I got to do a new commercial today, redo the schedule, go meet with salespeople, all that. And my wife and I, we do lunch. This is her day off. So we have lunch on her day off. So now I have to call my wife and say, hey, I'm running a little late. And now we're going to have to change the schedule. Now she's in her feelings. You know, right. so because and I'm like, honey, I know, I know. And that's I the main one right there, man. So now I'm rehashing my day going, well, maybe I should have said no mm-hmm. to that and should have said no to him. But I didn't because I tried to squeeze everything in. It's a fine line. So I end up uh, going home. My wife is hot. She's not happy. Mm-hmm. And I still got to go pick my son up at two o'clock. So we had a window. We only had like a two hour window. And by the time I got home, it's almost one o'clock. So I was like, well, we got an hour. Let's go. And she's like, ah, oh, no, I'm good. And she just, she goes, I'm going, I'll be back. And she just drives off. Mm. So I'm like. You never oh, want to hear I'm good. Yeah. I'm okay. Uh, Nothing's wrong. There you go. <laughs> There's something wrong. Everything's wrong. Yeah. So um, I give her, my wife's kind of, I give her a few minutes. So she takes a few minutes and then she calls me, goes, hey, I'm over at the winery. Um. They open it up just for me. They're really close today, but they got a spot in the back. You want to come join me? I'll say, hey, I'm on my way. I'll go get uh, my son, pick him up, and they got a play area he can run around. It's outdoors, so we go, and uh, we have a glass of wine, and we sit back, and we talk, and we, we work it out. But I'm looking back on it. Maybe there were some opportunities where I should have said no. So it's a fine line. It worked out at the end. But that, that no, man, it's, uh, it can either, it can prolong your day, it can shorten your day, it can make your day more miserable. You can say a no sometimes just adds more work for another day. Yes. So it's, it's, you have to right. get creative with the no. I wish it was just so firm and just decisive and it just, everything was good afterwards, but uh, no comes with a price from time to time. Right. DJ Sal, I know that you deal with so many people. What I hear from not just us, too, because it become difficult saying no to certain people, um, that might be perhaps the first time that you say no to these people and maybe the last contract, and you're kind of battling with that conversation in your head. Is it worth it to lose what I have, knowing dang well I have to do this? The quality is not going to be there. What I'm asking is a lot of people fear being that bad guy, right? Like they, they want to be that superhero where I could do everything and please everybody the more leaders that we surround ourselves with, everyone included here at the table, the more you hear they've kind of shed that nice guy, but more and still a nice guy, but more of a firm guy, right? Over time, how have you developed that skill of like, I can't right now, can we reschedule? The language in which you use to, to be professional in, the, in that situation, how have you developed kind of your muscles to say no and be you know, someone that's respectable still after saying no? Wow. So it really comes down to to weighing out uh, whatever it is, but I feel like most people are okay with it with an explanation, uh, especially for some, because uh, the, the events we do are people's lifetime events. It's the thing that they've been looking forward to, right? 
um, we're blessed and lucky enough. I have somebody that uh, I had to tell her no twice. So I, I, the story is they were booked for their wedding back during COVID, right? So they had to postpone. And then they had some life things happen where they had to say, we're putting everything on pause. And then she reached out. This is something new. This happened last week where she called and reached out to us and uh, said, hey, Sal, we, we got to have you for our wedding. We're going to pick it up and, you know, where we left off. And uh, are you available this date? Can you do it? No, I'm not. But this is why I can't. Okay, okay. She shoots me a message back, gets back to me a couple days later. Okay, are you available on this date? No, I'm not. He altered and changed her wedding date three times and then brought it to a Friday just so that I could be a part of their event with them for their day. So the payoff was pretty sweet, and it was a huge compliment. Uh, I mean, to me, I took it as that, given that she was willing to manipulate and change her calendar and schedule and everything to make it work so that we can still come together. So sometimes saying no, it, for me, that lesson was like uh, – uh, being able to articulate why was enough to keep her on board to keep... Most people would say, what do you mean? You're not going to be there on my, my wedding day? You can't be? No, forget it then. I'm yeah, forget it. it. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Right. But again, bringing in the reasons and explaining it to her, she was comfortable enough to, to change things around. So as far as working out that muscle, it's not something I... Like I said, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. So it's not something that I work out all the time. But when it comes to something that's really important and I'm weighing it out... Uh, you know, it, it really comes down to to availability, and then again, not all money's good money. Is this something that's good for both of us? Right. Right. Where's this non-good money you speak of? It's the one that costs you that lunch with your wife, yeah. right? Ooh. And then having to hear you know, it that night. There we go. Yeah, I, I was able to save that, but you made a good point. Um, one part, what you can do with the no, you can manipulate the no. Uh, case in point, um, while on the cruise. I got offered um, a gig to go out of the country again. This is to Korea, um, Alaska, and uh, Japan. And it was you. I would have left on the 27th of December, and I'd have been back on Martin Luther King um, weekend. It was probably about three weeks, 18 days, and it's five figures. You know, good good money. And um, it was for the troops. So I said to the person who asked me to do it, I said, hold that thought. I called my wife. I go, hey, honey, just uh, let you know I was just, uh, I got this offer. just want to know what you think. And I, I gave her all the details. She goes, so you're going to be gone New Year's? Mm. Yeah, but I'll be there for Christmas. She goes, how long is it? It's like 18. And I could just hear. A tone of voice. And she goes, well, you're on a cruise right now, you know, and we're go there's another trip coming up. You're talking about in October. That's just a lot on me because when I'm gone, now she's picking up the slack. She's got to get the kids. Uh, she's got to pick them up from school, take them to school, cook dinner. I have nights where I do dinner. There's nights where I do the kitchen. There's not So I'm taking weight off of her so she can have a break night. That means she gets no break nights. So I can hear in her voice, I go, yeah, I'm not going to do it. I just wanted to, you know, kind of just run it by you. This was the offer, you know. I mean, that money's kind of good. We did get that money. I, you know, I would do this, this, and that. She goes, yeah. 
Yeah, we don't. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> so I then called. That's when you know you're real good. Yeah, yeah we're good. She said we're good. I'm like, yeah, we're good. We could be better, but yeah. I say, you know what? I'm, I just want to talk to you. So I, I need to let him know because he's letting me know I need to make a decision. So I'm gonna call him back and let him know that we're not doing it. She's like, oh yay. That's so it's like now that no, I was able to manipulate and see because she could have said, well, so what are we going to do with that money? I could have hey, we know we can go to, how about we go to the Bahamas? Yeah. She could have went to the money angle and be like, well, if you go and you get that, can we do this? Or can you, uh, can I get a new car? Whatever. Yeah. So, but she was, the time with me was more important than leaving for the money. So I had to manipulate the note to find out where I stood, and then I gave my note. Yeah, but you gave two ways of manipulating the money because uh, I will do that sometimes. Um, this year, I'm working on New Year's. I swore New Year's off because as a DJ, I worked mm, yeah. 15 New Year's in a row, 15. And then it was until, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I started taking New Year's off. Uh, this upcoming year, it was like, okay, I'll take a New Year's, but I'm going to double it. And the conversation mm-hmm. is always uh, the way we able to, I'm able to work it out with the wife, right? Yeah. It's always like, okay, if I take this gig, this is what we're going to do. It's that yeah. trip or right. it's that thing or it's that remodel. It's going to be whatever. So it's, it's, it's almost a goal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a, there's an understanding there. So, all right, I'm going, I'm working tonight. It's New Year's, blah, blah, blah. But the bigger goal is this. Yeah. And sometimes the, the benefits, right? Weighing it out, weighing out your options. Yeah. Um, in reality, one night, uh, you know, one event, uh, we'll be gone. We're going to miss this New Year's, but we can enjoy that bathroom for the next five years or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. So there, there's different ways to manipulate that. No. DJ sounds smooth, right? Who's the professor <laughs> of communication no. here? What's going on? <laughs> that explanation, like honestly, the way you broke that down to like a science, I was thinking about even piggybacking off of that was uh, my students, like the first time when I started, it was uncomfortable for me. I'll just be honest. It was just something like, okay, no late work. And I put it in my syllabus. Most students don't read syllabus. And then when it happens, all of a sudden they're shocked. And that's typical, you know, in the college classroom. However, when I started really implementing that and really standing my ground with that, I also provided an explanation. I was like, look, my pops, man, you know, I'm blessed that he's here. We just went to the Bulldog versus USC game. I don't want to talk about that, but nevertheless, <laughs> right? It didn't end up well for us, but uh, we had a f- good time. That's like our guy time, man. All the Fresno State football games, like we are there, right? Win, lose, we're there. And to have a scare, to have him have cancer like 10 years ago, that changed everything. Yeah. And so you think about, and this is what me and Miles Vega, Professor Vega, were talking about, man. Life's precious, Life's extremely precious. You don't want to surround yourself with something or someone that's going to take something away from your soul, like honestly. And so that quality time, you can't put a price tag on that. And so when I explained to my students, like, look, when I heard that my pops had cancer, like we were expecting the worst, you know, thank God, thank God everything worked out. But you realize within a blink of an eye, something like that could change everything. Oh, it's wild, man. Time has more value the less you have of it, right? Right. So the yeah. older you get, it just keeps getting more and more valuable. Um, another thing, I, all I do is regurgitate things that I heard that resonate with me. But, uh, you know, I heard somebody say that when you're young, you have a thousand wishes. I wish I had a Tesla. I had this. I wish I had. But when you're 80 and, you know, you've got limited time, how many yeah. wishes you got? Right. Or when you're sick, how many wishes do you have? Right. One, maybe two. 
exactly. Versus when you're young and you want all the wishes. But I want to thank you for for instilling that no late thing. Uh, <laughs> it made me think about a little scenario. So I'm not going to say where I was because it'll identify who I was with. But I was down <laughs> Main Street in Visalia, right? And uh, somebody I know was given a business to the parking meter, right? The the guy that was in there was marking the tires. Mm-hmm. He was about mm-hmm. to write a ticket. So he was giving them the business, and then uh, when I talked to him afterwards, you know, he they hashed it out. He's like, man, you know, da, 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 da. and he's 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 a little gritty. He was like, man, I you know I would have I would have choke you know put him in a choke you know or, or get him in a headlock or something. I wanted to do that. I was like, let's break that down, man. I was like, you're mad at him. I go, how long have you been here on Main Street? Seriously, how long have you been here? Oh, I've been down here like eight years. That's why he should know. I was like, isn't that why you should know that you got a three-hour limit? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go to that. <laughs> he was sure. deflecting, man, mm. and that, that really bugged me. But I was uh, I don't know if that was just older me or, 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 or whatever it was. But for me, it was like when I left that conversation, it was like he was like, oh, he saw the other side of that coin. Mm. He was like, no, it says three hours from da 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 I was like, no, if you're uh, taking personal accountability, you'll know you parked there at, you know, uh, at 12 o'clock and you know you got to move it at three it's not when he marks your tire if you were being honest with yourself right. and the situation mm-hmm. you're there for the three hours you can't be mad at him if you got five or six hours you're lucky you got five or six hours yeah. right <laughs> so being late but uh deflecting accountability right so that's something where it's like you already know what it is do it it's right. easier to be mad at someone else than oh. yourself oh. It's so much easier Let's talk about that. I mean, being self-aware, like Frankie even opening up, like I'm still working on that. I, I feel comfortable. I don't feel uncomfortable telling people no. So I'm going to be battling through that. Like for Frankie to even acknowledge that mm-hmm. and for that homie not to acknowledge the situation or m- maybe my students. And then when I mess up too, I'm like, oh man, let's just push the text back. I don't think I taught you enough the way it went down. Right, right. Let's just move it back. Just as something as easy, we might think holding that self-accountability for us Maybe like the most difficult thing for someone else because what Dre was saying, it's easy to point at somebody else. Oh, like it was them. I had a student yeah, last. He didn't. Uh, let, it was ten seconds. He didn't let me do <laughs> exactly. it. Can you believe him? And then the, the returning yeah. students are like, "Yeah, I've taken it before. H don't play when it comes to the late work." Because going back to my dad, Madi, my beautiful wife, she had, uh, you know, she was diagnosed with cancer too, and everything before that, and it was just like, man, like. Time is so precious. Everything worked out with that. Now she has, she was the thyroid cancer, and she mm. takes a bunch of pills. She doesn't. She never complains, man. So we'll go to restaurants, and you know we like to go eat and everything. She'll bust out her Ziploc with all kinds of pills and everything, but she doesn't gripe about it. But I think about man, what could have happened if this time right here, this is what I want to value. And so for someone to pile their work on me, that's when I learned to say no. And so when I explain it, like you were saying, Sal, when I explain it to my students, they're like, okay, that makes sense. Well, that, that, that's communication, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's something I'm still learning every day. Right, right. And sure. I tell them my students, you guys should be enjoying your weekend too with your family. I mean, school's always going to be here. Education is always going to be here. Me and Celeste were having this conversation before we started. It's always going to be here. Your parents, your family, even you, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, we've all lost people and continue to have that happen. We're thankful. We're grateful every single day. But this is what matters, man, that time spent, you know. But, Dre, going back to that pointing the finger, that self-accountability, that self-awareness that you have. Mm. I mean, and going back to even the time, uh, Dre is one. (laughs) I've been rocking my dude 10-plus years. I'm going to be honest, man. The first few events, I'm biting my nails, and I'm not even a nail biter because we had Dre come into my classroom. He's like, I'll be there. Three minutes, five minutes. I'm like, oh, dang. Okay, he, he, but he made it. Comedy show. 
it's about five minutes. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm seeing a pattern with my dude. I am, I'm being self-aware. I am so used to like, okay, things are here. We're good to go. And then I realized the credibility Dre has. When he's there, he is there. He's on. You don't have to worry about anything. What are we going to be talking about? We're at CSUB. We're going to be talking to the migrant program. Shout out to them. What's our topics, John? Where do we want to go with this? So we're doing the work before we actually do the work. And that's something where Jay now, or Dre, I don't even trip. I'm like, yo, he's going to come correct with it, right? Well, this is what he's done for his entire career. Long right? time, yeah, yeah. That yeah. credibility, man, his ability to keep having his ability to create, that's his credibility. And so shout out to my guy, Dre. But when did you get to a point? Because I think all of us here have got to that point like, oh, man, you know, that professor failed, my, failed me. That relationship didn't work out because it was them. My friends, you know, we, mm. we got into this scuffle. It was him. It was her. When did you get to that situation, Dre, for you? I mean, you have life experiences all over the world. But when did you get to that point where this is me? Most of what's going to be in my life, whether success or some failure, mm-hmm. it's going to be on me. When did you get to that point? Oh, man, I'm still... I'm still dealing with some things because I, I consider what you just talked about as one of my flaws. Time management is a flaw. I, I'm constantly working on it. I make it, but I make it right when it's that, you know, I'm not the wire, guy. No. Down to the wire. Yeah, I'm, I'm the wire guy. Yeah. Uh, but I, I tell people all the time, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be coming in. I'm going to be coming in hot, baby. I'm going to be coming in hot. <laughs> I've literally come into comedy shows before where I've literally got off, the, I got off out, out the car and walked on stage. <laughs> Bust through the wall. Like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking to a guy, oh, yeah. like uh, his wife or the promoter. He's like, he's on stage right now. I'm like, well, cue him. Two minutes because I'm parking. Wow. And literally when I'm walking in, you go, all right, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together. I'm like, hey, bring me some water on stage as I'm walking the stage. So that's for me. And I'll go up and I'll kill it. But that is a flaw because my wife pointed something out. And it's always your significant other who's, who can dissect your flaws. She goes, you're really bad with time management because your estimate of what you're going to do is way shorter than what it's actually going to take. Like today, for instance, it's my day to do dinner. So I, I got to be here. So I'm like, okay, I got to cook dinner before I leave. So I made spaghetti and I'm cooking it. And then at the same time, like, you know, we're like, hey, find your shirts. We're all wearing <laughs> I don't know where my shirt is. So I'm like going through, oh, and I find it. It's in a drawer way in the back I never use. I just have to put a bunch of shirts in there that like I get, you know, shirts with uh, emblems and things on it. I was able to find that. So again, she was right. I needed gas. So I had to stop and put some gas in the car. So all the things that my wife is saying is actually true. I'm I'm bad with time management because I'm like, well, I'm going to start cooking dinner at 4.15. It's going to take me about 30 minutes. I'm going to jump in the shower. I'm going to shave. I'll get some gas. It's going to take me 20 minutes to go to get the Visalia. It's really going to take tra- traffic. It's going to dictate that. Yeah. I, I hit some pockets. So that's why I text you, hey, a few minutes out, yeah. you know, but I'm on my way. Yeah. That's a flaw. So it's, it's definitely a work in progress, something I'm working on. But I think what I'm able to do, and you just touched on it, is when I, I do get there, I'm, I'm there. And Always. I come in, I'm, I'm fired. I'm fired up. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. So that allows me the leeway to continue to do that. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I'm going to run into some resistance. You know, I'm going to run into someone and be like, hey, uh, I don't like that. I don't like when someone shows up 
right on the time. I don't care. That's not how I operate. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to respect that, especially right. if I'm working with somebody. So I, I am, when we're like, for, now, for instance, when we were over in Africa and the Middle East, man, we had call times. Like you were in the lobby and there's guys in there with the Humvees and the, and the Jeep caravans. They're taking us, we're caravaning. Military don't play. No, no. And they're the well, guys are got they got the AKs and they're like they're in the lobby waiting on us. If call time is five thirty, you better be down there at five twenty. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was there, you know, because I understood the importance of it. So I got to take that same mentality and run with it across the board. So but you uh, can manage your time. If you got an AK forty seven, <laughs> yes, I will be here. Anybody know somebody? Somebody know somebody? What's going on? Well, a testament to to, to Dre coming in hot and then delivering. Mm-hmm. You know, bringing it back to the beginning where uh, I was saying, you know, CSUB, mm-hmm. every student was tuned in when Dre was on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he came in hot, delivered, yeah. and basically got a standing ovation yeah. at the end, man. Yeah. That the applause with, you know, your 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 son and the coding and that story. That was oh, great. oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that was that, that was a great mic drop. I'm glad you didn't because my mics are expensive. Yeah. But uh, it was, yeah, it was a really good thing, man. So yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's the show business side. You know, uh, you 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 want to get off on a high note. You know, some people keep chasing that. You know, you see some guys, you're like, wow, he should have got off right there. He, mm-hmm. he said something really poignant and he really hit, he got a big response. And he go, yeah. And another thing, you know, you didn't have to another thing. So you were right. At that moment when I said what I said, that was like, Thank you. Good night. And then, you know, that's what you want to, that's the show business side. You know, that's just years of doing what I do uh, and understanding the mixture of what we're actually doing here. For sure. We go out and we're speaking, we're motivating. You know, there's a, there's a show business element to that, you know, that you have to uh, tap into. So that's why I'm always open. I don't know me and me and the doctor talk about it. You know, he's like, Hey, Dre, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? And I, I'm really honored that, someone of his caliber, his education level would ask me my opinion because he respects my IQ in entertainment, just like I, you know, respect his IQ in education. So it's a, it's a good combination. It's a good mix. And we all should like lean on each other. I'm always calling Sal. Sometimes he tells me no, yeah. you know, uh, uh, yeah. like he tells me no <laughs> uh, quite a bit, <laughs> but he uh, says it in a way like, Dre, I would love to, but I can't, right. you know, and when someone is respectful with their no, I, I keep calling him. Like he's yeah, always absolutely. the first guy I call on my, and I just go on the list. And I absolutely appreciate it. I was sharing that with, uh, with doctor over here before you, you arrived. He was like, how was that event? I was like, man, I was super thankful. I mean, Dre has a Rolodex of yes. guys that do what I do. Yeah. yeah, but you know, he gave me a call on it, and I, I just appreciate that. So I, pre- I appreciate the professionalism that you bring. You know, you're gonna be where you say you're gonna be, and you're gonna do the job that needs to be done. And it's like, right. and if I hit you, I'm, I was actually dealing with you when I, I think I was out to sea. I think a couple yeah. times. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was yeah, reaching out. That, to- I kept it short because I know you said you were in Jamaica. At yeah, that, yeah, that, exactly. That <laughs> but that just shows you, like, I, I'm always working. Right. You know. I'll, I'll work up until a certain time of day. But when I was on that cruise, I, I had my watch set for California time because the times that I would normally be on air in the studio, I wanted to make sure that I was drinking 
uh, some champagne. <laughs> he was literally pool, working right. in that that yeah, that, that I'm blue, literally getting paid. White sand. That's, that's warm the whole thing. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I'm on I'm on vacation. Yeah. I'm using vacation time, which means I'm getting paid to do what it is I'm doing at that particular time. So if I'm in the middle of the ocean with uh, a mojito, which is my drink on vacation, um, I, I look at it like uh, they're paying me to do this right now, and it gives me glee. It gives me a special <laughs> a kind of joy. Oh yeah, this is this is a wonderful thing. Yeah, no, I think the professionalism that you um, discuss, both y'all, and uh, this is something that I had to learn the different styles of professionalism that we have. Like Dre, over time, I'm like he's always here though, mm-hmm. and I think that maybe the first year we were rocking together, you come into my classroom, we're doing comedy events, big comedy events at different colleges and universities. I realized like he's just always on, and so my trust in him just grew. And so I had to let go of that person that I was also of like, man, it has to be my way. I'm anxious. Is he going to be here? Find his nails, my nails. Exactly, right? (laughs) And DJ, even at CSUB, we were talking about that before the event started. We were setting up the whole speakers and everything. And I go, man, if... one of us, that's like a Jenga piece. If you take out one thing, everything might be crumbling. If one of Mm -hmm. us are late, if we can't make it. But again, going back to that networking and building relationships, we always know somebody in any city, in any state. And so this guy right here, man, my brother, I'm learning from him because he's so patient. And then I also see him becoming another person. And I'm learning off of, of you. So when you talk about like your professionalism with your photography and you've taken that to the next level and now you're doing videography and directing, where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself kind of growing and, and saying no and being okay with that? Or um, is there still a lot of room to grow? I don't really like advertise much. Like, you know, and I feel like none of you guys do either, right? Do you guys do you guys advertise much your guys' services? I feel like all the time. I get a bill from Google. Do you, do you ever? <laughs> yeah, I like I don't no. just because I just feel like I'm already so busy with the phone ringing. Like I tell my wife all the time, it's like, I don't want to take no more work. I just want to focus on on teaching and this account and this account and mm-hmm. and these are some really good accounts that I can't get rid of and that's all I need and and I don't I don't really promote myself too much but the phone it's like it's like I just like jinx myself because the phone just keeps <laughs> ringing and and you know it's people you know and stuff like that so it's just it's tough to 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 say no but it's it's hard to tell like to see what I'm going to be doing because I really don't put myself in a box and I really don't just say I'm just a photographer I'm just like a video guy um we're doing comedy shows right and um and we have bigger goals and dreams to push that to like bigger rooms and stuff like that so I never really wanted to be a teacher you know and and I love teaching now um I was always a teacher I just didn't know that I wanted to be that teacher so um I just read it today and I don't know who said it but they said find something that you love to do and have somebody pay you for it you know, so I was like, hey, that's pretty cool. You know, find something that you love to do and find somebody that's going to pay you to do that, to do that passion, you know. So finding my own passions, my own ways and just kind of going like that route. Yeah, our yeah. stories are very similar. I love that it's happening organically for you. It's all um, organic, yeah. Yeah, just like, you know, same thing for us. I had no idea. Who knew I'd be sitting here with you guys, right. you know, when I was that guy playing, you know, backyard boogies or whatnot back in the day Mm, Uh, a lot of it just happens and it's all relationships yeah really is what it is yeah and just like you said yeah i advertise but i would say the majority of our work the the events that we get is all through connections yes for sure it it really is i mean you'd be shocked like we were we first got off the plane uh on this last trip i was in orlando 
And uh, our hotel that we were staying at, because we stayed one night and we got the next morning, we got on the ship. And right across the street was the improv comedy club. And so I'm like, wow, I wonder who's performing over there. And we look, and D.L. Hughley, Kings of Comedy. Man, one of my favorites with his brim hats. Oh, man. That's my guy. I've known him over 25 years. So, like, I'm with my buddy, you know, another comedian. I go, hey, let's, uh, let's go over to the show. So... We hit him up. He's like, oh, what's up? Yeah, come come to the show. I'd love to see you guys. It's been a minute. So we go to the show. We're hanging out. Uh, we're in the green room just laughing, reminiscing about, you know, old time. He goes like, so, Trey, you going you gonna to hit the stage for me tonight? Man, I want to see you. I, I haven't seen you in a while. I was like, say, say no more. <laughs> so I'm literally landing in Orlando. Two hours later, I'm on stage at the Improv in Orlando, the hottest Man. comedy club in the city. It's all unplanned, all unplanned, right? Un- not, wow. Had no clue. Jeez. So then afterwards, you know, we're talking. He's like, "Yeah, man, you know, I want you to, um, if you get an opportunity, you know, write some stuff for me because I've, I've written for him before." And uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I got some stuff, man." So he goes, "And, and I'm, I'm, I got this TV show I'm doing, and I just got another sign for another season. I want you to be on it on the next season." Uh. I'm like. All right, done deal. So that's all organically happening. Just exactly. You just have to. That's why I tell people all the time, like you know, always be prepared. You know, I have a a ten minute, fifteen minute, twenty minute, thirty minute set that's ready to go. Mm, It's on like I can hit a button. It's like I'm like, how much time am I doing? Tell me, okay. And I went up and I ripped it. He was like. And I came back after he went and did his show. He was he was amazing as always. And he just looked at me. He goes, man, you still got it. You still got it. See, that's the flip side of no, though. You know, early on by by taking on everything, right? If he would have said no to whatever it was that, that built that relationship with DL back in 20 years ago, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you could have missed what happened 20 years down the road. So the flip side to that sometimes, I guess, is, you know, maybe a misconnection, a missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I struggle with when it comes to saying no to events. Right. Try to get in as many rooms as you can. Uh, I guess when you can, it would be the key, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you can't do it all the time because then you start seeing the suffering on whatever else is on the other side of that. But, yeah, so no, it's a, it's a double edge. It is. For yeah. sure. And I try, you know, what you can say no also if you're not prepared. Mm, and you and you know. let fear ruin your life. You'll just say no because of the uncertainty. Like right. those people weren't there to see me, and if I didn't have confidence, I'd have been like, "No, man, I'm good. I just came to see you. You know, yeah. I just wanted to come and see you, man, and hang out." And he would have said, "Okay, yeah." He would have respected yeah. that exactly. That's a different kind that. of no. Yeah. But would he have offered me to be on his TV show that mm, he's right. going to be hosting? It's a comedy. It's a stand-up comedy show. You. And so it's another audience. Well, the fact where he sat there and said, you still got it, he wouldn't have seen that. He wouldn't have saw that. So he would have saw it, okay, I'm still cool with them. We're good. But I don't know if he's got it, it for my show. Because he said, he goes, man, I just want, I want killers. I want monster comics on this show. I yeah, want heavy sure. hitters. Mm. I'm not booking any rookies. I want veterans who's been in the game. You know, man. all these new jacks that, you know, on, on Instagram doing, you know, that's eight. Hey, God bless them. He goes, but I'm going to the, the, the like the the warriors, the guys who have been man. in the trenches. And he goes, that's you're the guy. He goes, man. And he, he started telling me stuff about me that he had talked to other comics, which is flattering and makes you feel good because he's like, you know, he's one of the great, yeah. he's one of the big ones. 
And he goes, man, I heard about your house. <laughs> wow. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I'm like, Travels. what do you mean? And he goes, oh, man, I was talking to somebody, and then, you know, I brought your name up, and then they said this, and they were like, oh, I was over at Dre's house. He's, he said, do you live in a palace? What's going on? <laughs> he does. He does. Said, Dre won't speak on it, but I will. He does live in a palace, no, for I, sure. I've seen his house. I said, <laughs> I've seen your house. He goes, you know, I've seen your multiple houses. Like, yeah. he, like you, I said, I heard about when you got mad one day. Uh, I, I, he had a radio show or something. I think he, something happened. He quit, mm-hmm. and he just got on a plane and went to his house in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. I said, you know what? I can't quit my job. And go to my house in Hawaii because there's no house in Hawaii. He started, started laughing. I, I can just, go to your house in Hawaii. Yeah, right? exactly. But it's just levels to that, and I think it's a respect thing. And then we we you talk about that, and again, it's all building relationships like what you do and what what you do. You build and what you do also. Yeah. You know, we build. We're going back to Bakersfield multiple times because mm-hmm. the relationship that you have exactly. that you've nurtured, we have. and, and the, it's the respect level. Yes. You know, so I just feel like when you run into a lot of people who are very successful, uh, and they they see you, you know, and they have respect for you. Like he's asking me, he goes, "Man, how did you, how did you stand in, in the Central Valley for like how long have you been there? Eighteen? Like, I said twenty two years." He goes, "Man, how, how did you do that?" I mean, he goes, "I just," he goes, "You could have been traveling the world." I said, "I said, D, I do travel the world." Yeah, I said, "I get to do all the things I want to do, but at the same time, I've got to see my kids grow up." Okay. And do spectacular things. I said it's it's a, a sacrifice for what you do. I mean, you're on the road. I said I was talking about you. How no one really like understands how hard you hit it. You got a radio show you do every day, and he does it from the road. I said wow. you get up every day. You do your your radio show was syndicated. It's a, you wrote he's written like four or five books. I said you're always on the road doing shows. I said, because you love it, but there's a price to pay for that. You know, there's a lot of gone away time, you know, and I, I didn't feel like I had that in me to be, uh, to hit it as hard as you did. Maybe I could have had the same success. Maybe not. You're a super talented guy, but I chose this path and, um, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, we were having this conversation cause I still see that there's a respect level like I get from you and others. People right. still say, man, that dude's funny. I, I put him on the show and that's what you want. You want to be respected by your peers. You know that doctor, you know, sure. all the professors, you know, yeah. when they say, hey, how you doing? You know, you want them to look at you like, and point, that guy right there, he's good at what he does. Yeah. You know, he's a asset to this university. And I think we all want that. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like, that's the goal. Sometimes we got to say no to things, but, you know, as long as they respect us at the end of the day. You know, yeah, I, you know yeah. it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm, you breaking that down and I'm looking at the table of all these guys here and all of us are doing it kind of our way, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's work, but work. You, when you walk to the beat of your own drum, you know, it's like it, there's going to be some sacrifices. There's going to be some things you're going to miss out on. I was just telling my daughter the other day, um, she's at school dance coming up. I said, you know what? Uh, it's going to be so many dances in your life, so many parties. Mm. I used to think when I was your age, if I miss this party, this is the one. This, this is, is I, life is over. Yeah. I said, you know how many parties that I've been like, nah, I ain't going. <laughs> I got invited to a Snoop Dogg party with Cat Williams. In a Bentley, he opened up the door. I was like, bro, I'm tired. I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel. This is literally, we had been a whole day together, and it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. We had already left. We had did a show in Vegas, went to an after party, went to his house, had dinner, and now he was saying Snoop Dogg's party is getting ready to start at 4 a.m. I tapped out. I'm like, and my my friends be like, dude, how'd you miss? I was like, bro, there'll be another one. 
they always come around. For sure. For wow. sure. DJ Sal, I know you started us, man. And this conversation, I think what we're discussing is the respect. Like it's easier and you begin to build those muscles when people respect your talent, they respect your professionalism and their understanding about it. And then, of course, what you said to explain yourself also, like they deserve that. If I'm going to say right. no, I also want to have that explanation. So to leave our audience with kind of like your culmination of everything you've heard and everything you've experienced about the no, what would you leave our audience with? Mm. I, you opened it with no is a one word sentence. Uh, it is but it's part of a paragraph the way I see it, right? Mm. So the explanation part, if you're saying no, I think breaking it down and telling them why, explaining right. it, helps it, you know, it, it takes the edge off, it puts a little sugar on it uh, so that they understand it. And I feel like that's part of communication, right? So one word sentence is part of the paragraph that you got to have when you say no. No can lead to a paragraph, right? Yeah. Excellent. It's not the no... Means no, all right. We're not we're not focusing on that one, but right. the no can lead to a paragraph. And <laughs> that's a different thing. Different thing. Shout out to every single one of another great episode, another great episode of the Rise to a Podcast family. Thank you so much for joining us. We're wishing you well. I believe the next podcast that we have is gonna be airing in November. So we're gonna be able to talk about our out-of-state events. And so we're really excited about that. But no, make sure that you're unpacking that, you're thinking about that, you're surrounding yourself with leaders that you respect and they respect you. And with that said, family, a two-finger spread, try your best to stay positive. And as always, if you can rise to it, you can rise, rise through it. it. Catch you later.